0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. Today, we have a legend, John Barros, the host of the Make It Happen Mondays
1: podcast and the CEO of J Barros Sales Consulting. Nick, why should people listen? John takes us through deal mechanics for when you're booking initial meetings and moving deals through your pipeline. And then he also talks about some tools so that you can have more pointed and productive discovery calls and demos.
0: Alrighty, folks, we know JB's famous for prospecting, but we took it in a slightly different direction, so let's hit it. Three, two, one, roll it.
1: Here's my
0: secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect Any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two-day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong
1: 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. All right, John, welcome to 30 Minutes to President's Club. We start every show with three tactical tips. Let's get yours.
2: All right, Nick. Thanks for having me on here. So yeah, three tactical ones. My favorite one, you can Google this. It's uh, Jay Barrow's blog, Favorite Nugget. It helps um, maintain control of meetings and uh, urgency. And the way it works is called the summary email. What you do is when you and I have a conversation today, right? Say you're trying to sell to me. It's not that I'm lying to you. It's just that as soon as we get off this phone, my boss comes in, changes my priorities. Your competition comes in and changes it, right? So needless to say, three weeks later, it's like this conversation never happened. But if I have it documented, I got something to hold you accountable. So the way it works, and by the way, you have to let them know it's coming. So you, at the end of the conversation, you say this, hey, thanks so much for your time today, Nick. I really appreciate it. There's some next steps and action items here. Before I go ahead and do all that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to briefly summarize what I was able to gain from our conversation today. I'm going to send it over to you in a quick email. Could you do me a favor and email me back to let me know if it's all accurate and if I missed anything? You have to let them know it's coming. If you don't let them know it's coming, the response rates are pretty much zero. I have a 90% close ratio when I get a response. I have a 40% close ratio when I don't. So there's my favorite nugget. So here's my second tactical thing. You take that summary email, say that's on a Monday. And then you and I have a follow up on Friday, Friday comes and goes and lo and behold, you don't show up, right? Instead of Monday, the next week saying, "Hey, touching base and checking in. So, you know, the weekend went, what I do is I take that summary email, just reply all to it and say, hey, Nick, not sure what happened on Friday when do you want to reconnect, do your typical follow up, OK? And do that three or four times, OK? Call, hey, what's going on? You don't want to reschedule, that type of stuff. And if they've straight goes to you, then after three or four times of doing your basic, hey, what's going on? Take that summary email. You got to keep replying all to it because you want to show them that you've been coming at them, right? Like the third or fourth one, after about two weeks of ghosting, you reply all and you change the subject line and you write in the subject line, still interested. And then when they open it up, type this, Hey, Nick, could you do me a favor and let me know if you're still interested either way. So I don't continue with unnecessary follow-up and that's important either way. Let me know either way. So I don't continue with unnecessary follow-up, letting you know, I'm going to continue with unnecessary follow-up if you don't respond. And then if you don't respond to that one, two or three days later, reply all to that and say, did I lose you? Reply all to it. Erase the subject line and just write in the subject line, did I lose you? Okay. And then when they open up this email, the signature file and the other five emails that you've sent them, don't write anything after that. That's a, I got about a 90% no ghost rate. I get a 90% response rate with that email. It's not always positive. It's like 50, 50, 50% positive, 50% negative. Right. But at least I get a response. So there's two, summary email and no ghost by doing the did I lose you email. The third one is I've been working from home for 10 years. The daily routine is absolutely critical. Get up in the morning, get in your right mindset. Thankfully, I have this make it happen shirt that I wear every day, right? I got a bunch of copies, so it's not like I'm wearing the same shirt. And that's my mentality. And then I leave the house, I go grab my dunks, I come back, but then I do my daily routine. And what it is, is instead of checking my fantasy leagues, which are non-existent anymore, or instead of checking the news, which gets me all pissed off, I set up my data feeds and I take my top 25 accounts, tier one accounts. I follow them all and their executives on LinkedIn sales navigator, Owler, Facebook, and Twitter. So I go like all their accounts on Facebook, I go follow them all on Twitter, and I set up Chrome so you auto-load all the bookmarks. And those five bookmarks show up, and including Feedly. So F-E-E-D-L-Y, it's a free resource, it's an RSS aggregator, and that's where I follow trends and topics of people who are smarter than me, and I read those. So those five tabs show up every single morning, and all I do is I scan through data feeds and I find two or three things to fire off a really tailored email to, say, hey, I saw this just happen, whatever that trigger was, love to have a conversation, I read a few articles, I share a few things out on social, build my bigger brand, and I do that in an hour a day. So those are my three tactical, go do
0: them, they'll work. You do something that a lot of sales reps try to do, but they don't do super well. And that's perception management in your sales cycle. And what you're doing with your recap emails and with your shared agendas is you're constantly testing whether or not they're seriously willing to move forward and if they're still bought into those problems. So why don't we start all the way from the beginning of a sales cycle and understand what are you doing from a perception management standpoint? Where does that start? Is it the first meeting agenda? Is it the shared agenda?
2: I think it's the first cold call, man. Let's put it this way. I think life is about expectation setting, right? I mean, think about the last time you were pissed off about anything. I almost guarantee it's because your expectations were misset. You know what I mean? Like you drive into the office in the morning at seven o'clock, you hit traffic. You don't like traffic, but you expect it, right? When I used to be flying all around, all over the place, I'd get home off of a red eye at five o'clock in the morning and I live 10 miles north of the city of Boston. If I come out at five a m driving north out of the city of Boston, I hit traffic at five o'clock in the morning i'm rip roaring pissed off right because I wasn't expecting traffic so I used to be a anti upfront contract guy, Sandler upfront contract guy. I thought it was the cheesiest thing I'd ever heard back when I was twenty two years old. Gong data came in some of the data said that the top reps use the upfront contract. I was like hmm. so I started thinking about it and we're starting to leverage it now so here's upfront contract on a call expectation setting right. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Do you got a couple of minutes? Well, not really. Who is this? What do you want? Well, this is John with JV Sales. And the reason for my call today is blah, blah, blah. And I was just wondering if I could get 10 to 15 minutes on your calendar, have a conversation about that. Now you could say tomorrow at three o'clock, but most of the time you're gonna say, well, you caught me now. What do you want? Here comes the expectation i I know you weren't expecting my call, so I'll be brief here. I got about three or four questions for you about your sales team and that type of stuff. And after that, I'll share with you the components of my solution that I think might be able to address that. And then from there, you could tell me whether it makes sense to take a deeper dive if you want. Now you do the, hey, I'm going to send you the information, that type of thing. Now, when somebody says, send me information after that initial call call that you didn't go too, too deep on, right? Yeah, this sounds interesting. Why don't you send me information? Follow me next week. The most critical thing that any rep can get at any stage of the sales process is a defined next step scheduled on the calendar. So here it goes tactically. I'm on, look, I'm thrilled to send you. First of all, I go through the what, when, why process. What information would you like to see? When would you like to see it? And Why? And when I say when, I usually preface it with, hey, is it okay if I get it to you by the end of the week, right? Or the end of the day? Because most sales reps think that they have to get the information right then and there. Nobody needs the information right then and there. And that kills your momentum. So I go, happy to send over. What information would you like to see? Because I got a lot of it here. When would you like to see? Hey, is it okay if I get it to you by the end of the day? What are you going to do with it? And then when they give you those answers... Hopefully, if they don't, then you can kind of pull the, are you really serious? Do you really want this information? You're just trying to blow me off type of thing. But usually what I'll say is great. When you want to schedule a call so we can follow up on that information, see if it makes sense for us to take the next steps. They're probably going to say, you know what? Next week's good. Then what you do is you do this. You go when next week. And then you have to say, and you do this with a really nice tone of voice. You, you go, actually, you know what? You got your counter in front of you. And then shh, wait for it. There'll be that real awkward pause where they realize that you got them. Because if they say no to that, they're blatantly lying to your face, right? Hey, Armand, the day before our meeting, I'm going to send you an email. Not are we still on for tomorrow, but hey, I'm looking forward to our meeting tomorrow. In order to get the most out of our time together here, I put together a brief agenda. Could you do me a favor and email me back to let me know what else you'd like to add? And I put three bullet points on what I want to talk about. Then the meeting starts. Hey Armand, thanks so much for your time today. Don't say dumb like, "Is this still a good time?" That's a dumb thing to ask. Like, why would you give me that out? Actually, you know what? I got to the bathroom right now. Why don't we push this till three thirty, right? But what you should say is, "Do we still have thirty minutes? Do you have a hard stop at two o'clock, right?" I do want to know that. And then say, "Hey Armand, you know what? I know you probably didn't see the agenda that I sent out yesterday. I just want to make sure that we get the most out of our time together here. Here's a few things that I want to make sure that we cover. What else do you want to make sure that we add? And then whatever you say there, you build the agenda together." And then you start going through it.
1: Can I dig into one point there? Because it's kind of related to expectation setting. So you're in the beginning of this meeting. And you're saying, hey, here are the things on the bullet points. What else would you like to add to the agenda? I want to talk with you a little bit about artfully resetting or reshaping your prospect's expectations. So example of this, you get on that call, you say, what else would you like to talk about today? And I'm selling software. And they say, well, I really want to make sure I understand your SOC 2 compliance and all the security credentials. I'm not equipped to talk about that, but they want to talk about it today. So how do I artfully let them know that I'm not the guy to have that conversation?
2: I think it has to do with the expectation you set in that original agenda email that you send over. Hey, this is what this meeting is for. It's really to identify what your needs are in these areas. You might even put in there, especially if that keeps happening to you, right? If you keep getting yourself, then proactively address it. I just want to make sure what this meeting is not going to be about. If these are the things you want to talk about, let me know so I can bring the appropriate resources into this conversation. Right. So I think it has to do with that, because then you can lean on that, even if they don't respond to it, you can then lean on that of, hey, wait a minute here. I sent you an agenda yesterday. This is what I told you what this meeting was about. And you didn't respond back to me. I'm sorry that I don't have that answer for you right now. But basically, if you would responded to me yesterday, you know, what, I would have been able to bring these resources. So I think it has to do with how you set the stage.
1: So John, one of the things you're really well known for is this idea of the meeting efficiency survey. And Armand and I were going back and forth about that the other day, because part of me feels like it can be buyer looks at that and they're like, oh man, another form that I got to fill out. Didn't I fill one of those out with marketing? But then part of me is like, that can be a really good way to make sure the meeting is way more effective. One, can you kind of give a recap of what that looks like? And then two, what you're doing blocking and tackling wise to make it not an annoyance for your buyer.
2: So now what I do is we take inbound leads, you fill out the basic form, what's your name, what kind of training you're looking for, and what's your email address, right? Then you get an automatic email from me that says, hey, thank you so much for your interest in the J Barrow sales training. Here's a quick little agenda of usually how the calls go. And feel free to pick a time on my calendar, blah, blah, blah. And if you could spend the extra few minutes here filling out our meeting efficiency survey, I'd really appreciate it. You can either take five, and this is how I set the expectation, you can either take five minutes over lunch on your own time to fill this out, or we can spend probably the first 10 to 15 minutes of our call figuring this stuff out. Your choice. And all that stuff is for me now is, what's your average sales cycle length? what's your ACV, how many SDRs, how many BDRs, what kind of training are you looking for, what technologies do you have in place,
0: like all that stuff. And if they fill it out, I know I'm in for a good meeting. I know you've had Keenan on your show before and we just had Keenan on too. Oftentimes, it's really hard for junior reps to hear like this over the top, stop going through the situational questions and immediately just go to the pain questions and the impact questions right
2: away. I usually prepare my questions based on the intel that they give me, you know what I mean? And also, I have a checklist that I go through for every meeting that I go on, right? And in that checklist is all the stuff, did they fill out the meeting efficiency survey? But then it's, all right, I'm going to go to their website. I'm going to do look at their news and events. I'm going to see what recent stuff happened within their business. I'm going to go to that person's LinkedIn profile, see what's going on there. I'm then going to try to find some, based on my knowledge of them, I'm going to find some similar examples of other customers that we've done work with that are in their space that might have a similar makeup there. And then I'm going to frame my conversation around that. The best sales reps base their entire conversation around three to four problem-oriented topics. okay, And they ask 11 to 14 questions within those topics. And so what I do is I walk in, I'm like, okay, who's the persona I'm talking to? What industry are they in? Let me go do some homework now. Based on what I my perception is of their situation, what are the three to four problem-oriented topics that I want to build my conversation around? And then I actually come up with two or three questions, impact questions associated with each one of those. And this is a nugget for everybody out there. At the end of every one of your qual calls, if it turns into something that seems like there's some meat on that bone and that you've talked timeline and stuff like that, they're like, yeah, you know what, John, we need training and uh, we want to roll it out in June. So we got to make this decision by the end of the month. Okay, great. Hey, just out of curiosity, like, what happens if you don't do this in June? What happens if you don't do the training in June? That answer is going to dictate your forecast.
0: And the best reps that I've heard can take that impact question and say, not just leave it super open-ended, but they can say, hey, if you don't do this by the 30th, right? how are you going to close the Series D that you talked about that's in seven weeks? And you can get super specific.
2: I'll give you a perfect example. And and I think that you said reps are scared to dive right into it. They're also scared to ask the questions that are going to potentially disqualify the account. And I'm telling them, no, 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 disqualify more than qualify. That's what you should do. Like, You need to look for all the reasons why they shouldn't do business with you. I had this layup that came in the other day. Client that I had done business with in the past, new VP of enablement, comes to me and says, oh, we need prospecting. I was like, great. You know, I've worked with you guys in the past. It was a couple of years ago. I love you guys. You're fun. And I said, why? Why do you need prospecting? Oh, because pipeline, blah, 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 new world. It's getting low. And okay, okay. And we're not hitting our numbers. And I said, okay, well, how do you know it's a prospecting and a pipeline issue? She goes, what do you mean? I go, how do you know? Like, have you looked at the close ratios? Right. Like the actual closed business. Like what are those ratios? Right. Because you have a healthy close ratio and you got bad pipeline. Yeah, it's a pipeline problem. Right. But if you have a decent pipeline and bad close ratios, it might not be a pipeline issue. You might be. And by the way, you might waste all this effort filling that pipeline with legit opportunities for people that can't close. Shit, right. So so do me a favor before we dive into this, because I can talk prospecting all day long. Could you do me a favor and go back and find out what the conversion ratios are from a close rate standpoint? She came back and she was almost embarrassed to tell me. She goes, oh, we have a problem and I, and I don't think it's a prospecting thing. And I'm like, okay, talk to me. And she goes, well, let's talk about reps who acquired attainment, right? Like who hit their quota. She's like, we have 45% of our reps hit quota. I was like, all right, that's good. That's a pretty decent rate, give or take. 50% of your reps are hitting quota. Good job. And she's like, yeah. And I said, so what's the close ratio for them? And she said, it's about 28%. And I was like, all right, good close ratio. Those are healthy numbers. I go, what about the other 55%? I go, what's their close ratio? She said, 5%. And I said, what? I said, 5%. I'm like, you have 55% of your employees who are only closing 5%. You don't have a prospecting problem. You have a closing problem. You either have to fire 55% of your employees like today Or you got to do something here short term to get that raise, like to give them some skills and tools to see if we can raise that 5% to 10% before we do anything on the front end of the funnel.
0: I know we're coming up on time. So, one thing I do want to round out with, John, is you talked about selling to the 10 and 20% of what people will actually use. And that's probably an even smaller percent of the problems you're going to solve for that specific prospect. So, if we tie this to once we've understood their problems, we haven't gone through the slide deck and all that nonsense, and we have to decide what we're going to show them and how we're going to do a demo. Any best practices around tying it all together after you've done a proper disco?
2: All right, so here's my tirade on demos i can't stand demos because this is what happens most demos go like this right they ask well, is this still a good time right again don't ask that question that's stupid say do you still have 30 minutes do we have a hard stop right but then they go like, okay we'll go about a 30 minute demo here that i'd like to go through with you if you have any questions so me go through it just let me know okay and then they press play and they go through every slide like they were badged for in boot camp and they pause intermittently and go does that make sense does that make sense does that make sense?" Nobody ever says no to that question, by the way. Nobody. So at the end of one of those canned pieces of shit demos, they always give us a nice little parting gift. And anybody who's ever hears this word at the end of one of your demos, you know you've done a miserable job, and it's the word digest. Right? I need a little time to digest what you just told me here. If you just if you hear that, stop and apologize to the person you just wasted their time. Right? It is our job to help them digest. Say it's an hour-long demo. Danny, I don't give a how complex your solution is. Nobody wants to sit through an entire hour of you talking. So what you do is you take at least the first 15 minutes, at least, and you set the stage like this. You go, I just wanted to solidify, again, what I know so far of your situation. Here's the highlights of what I know in your situation. And then, what I just want to go around real quick and get, like, what do you want to get out of this, each one of you? So I'm like, what do you want to get out of this? Nick, what do you want to get out of this? And then from there, I'll kind of dive into the presentation. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop at certain points and just look for your feedback. All right. So here's what I understand. Is this right? Great. Real quick, out of all the stuff that we can talk about today, Armand, what do you want to really make sure that you got out of this demo? Like, what's your main priority for this? Nick, what is your main priority for this? Fantastic. Write, literally write those down as they say them. And then what you do is you start going through the presentation. And then you kind of skip through some of the stuff that's not really all that relevant and show them, like, you know what? That's, we could go into days about that, but you said that wasn't really a priority. Now, this part of our solution, let me dive into this. Boom, boom, boom. Now, Nick, you had said earlier, that one of your main priorities was this. This is the aspect of our solution that addresses that. Could you explain to me how that compares to what you're doing now? So instead of saying, does that make sense? You say, could you give me an example of how you see that fitting into your existing workflow? Because the way you explain to me how that fits into your existing workflow or how it compares to what you're doing now tells me everything I need to know on whether or not it made sense.
0: This has been a tremendous time here, John, and we could keep riffing on the disco, the demo and all that stuff. We have one last question. And if there was one thing that every rep on every sales floor needed to stop doing immediately to be more successful, what would one bad habit to break be? Still to this day, reps call to touch base to
2: check in with no reason, no purpose. Have a reason every single time you reach out. You can use the cheat code of the reason for my call is right to fill in that blank because if you can't finish that sentence, you shouldn't be making the phone call. So I think just stop. And that leads to kind of a bigger one related, which is just stop going through the motions. So many reps just go through the motions, they hit their 50 dials, they make they send their stupid emails, they blast out their dumb templates, they ask their stupid discovery questions, they give their stupid presentations, and they don't give it. And so what I was trying to do is give reps the tools to be able to figure out how to elevate themselves so they don't get replaced, right? COVID punches us all square in the mouth. Okay. Now, all those reps, and these aren't just sales reps. I mean, every profession out there. If you were just going through the motions in your profession, not giving it, not getting better, not treating it as a real profession, you know what I mean? And literally just going through the motions so that you can have a job, I almost guarantee you're out of a job right now. I almost guarantee. Because everybody knows when down economies hit and the recessions hit, they don't start at the top. They don't start laying off from the top, ladies and gentlemen. They start laying off at the bottom. And I know some of you are going to be out there, oh, it was my fault. No, we were blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying if you were that good, they wouldn't have fired you. I will say there are some extenuating circumstances. Don't get me wrong, all right? But for the most part, I'm hearing a lot of people whining out there. Oh, they let me go. Oh, because of COVID. No, they didn't. I'm an executive. I'm a CEO of my own little company here. I can promise you that executives are using this time right now to fire those mediocre performers that they were dealing with in a growth economy and didn't want to fire because they didn't have any real good reason to other than mediocre performance. Now they're saying, oh, I'm sorry. Because of COVID, we can't afford to keep you on here. Use this as a wake-up call. Use this as a wake-up call to wake the up and realize that you can be better and you should be better, and you should use this time to better yourself, like listening to this podcast, like taking courses online, all those different things. If you're sitting back right now, waiting for this thing so that you can go back and start looking for jobs again, you won't find a job when this thing is quote unquote over because A, it's not going to be over. And B, there's going to be a whole pool of candidates out there that you're going to be fighting with. It's now a Employer driven market. It used to be an employee driven market. Now it's an employer-driven market. All right, everybody.
0: Stop going through the motions and please check out John at jbarrows.com.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And just to get a small heads up, we're launching a whole new brand new online platform on demand. If it's on our website, it's gonna be like Netflix. So think of Netflix or Disney Plus. Choose your trainer, choose your topic. Super, super fun. Like every piece of content I've ever put is gonna be in there. And it's for 420 bucks a year because I like the number. You get everything I got. So for 420, come and join us and be on the lookout for it because we're going to be putting fire in there with me, Morgan, and James.
0: All right, everybody join John for 420 and hang on for a 60 second recap email coming up soon. Cheers.
1: Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers Today's show is sponsored by Calendly. If you're interested in accelerating your sales cycle, improving your prospects' experience, and booking more demos, there's one scheduling automation platform on the market that does all three. Calendly offers team-based scheduling, solutions and integrations for every department, and lead routing to instantly book qualified meetings from your website and match known leads to reps based on real-time Salesforce assignment. I find it really helpful when I have to book meetings with multiple people on my side so that I don't have to coordinate everyone's calendars. Get started today by checking out the show notes or
0: your top four takeaways with John Barros include, number one, send a meeting efficiency survey prior to your calls to get qualification out of the way. Two, set up feeds for all of your top target accounts and prospects as the backbone for your discovery. That's how you learn about their business and ask good questions. And speaking of that, number three, ask specific impact questions, not tell me about your priorities, or uh, how much money are you going to lose, or what would you do with all that time back in your calendar? Ask them, hey, what happens to your rep's attainment if this doesn't happen? And then number four, use the subject line, did I lose you, with a blank reply email for all of your ops that have
1: gone dark. Nick, how can people help us out? Guys, one way, give us a subscription so you never miss 30 Minutes to President's Club. Subscribe, listen, get better. Alrighty, folks, out.